Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Cast Haven. You can find out more at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Golia. Nate, how's it going, man? I'm doing okay. I have a little bit of FOMO. I, I wish I was at Eternal Weekend. I I or, am missing out. I don't even have the fear of it. I'm straight up missing out. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> uh, I, 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 Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's a long way, and uh, I think uh, both of us have other obligations that we're dealing with, so I think, uh, you know... We just have to wish our uh, our friends out there good luck. So, uh, you know, to all the LIC crew uh, that's out there, good luck to those guys. Um, and I'm sure you've got your uh, your crew over in uh, Provo that you want to... Yeah, I don't know if anyone actually made it out there from here. Fair enough. Yeah, it's a bit of a I'll be rooting for my old friends from Brooklyn and, and New York area. I know several of them went down. I know we have some hipsters of the coast... Uh, compatriots there as well so good luck to all them we're recording this the night before the vintage tournament starts right yep it starts tomorrow friday and we're gonna do i'm really excited about this we're gonna do odds makers so have you ever seen part of the interruption i i've watched an episode or two i had college roommates So if you haven't seen this, like this is a, this is one of the sports talk shows uh, where they have games or they play. In this particular one, I'm going to read out a scenario, and then Zach is going to give his percentage chance that this scenario happens. Okay. And then I will end your explanation why, and then I will give mine, and we will see if we argue enough for it for us to get an interview <laughs> All right. at one of the uh, Talking Heads shouting shows. You want to just <laughs> jump right in? I've been, I yeah. prepped for this, and I'm really excited. So I'm, let's, let's I'm in. Let's do this. All right, I'm I got a big one for you right at the top. In, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had the third person do this who could be the Tony Reale to our uh, Kornheiser and Wilbon. Yes, yes. Okay, Zach. Percentage chance check pile wins. I would say seventy percent chance that check pile wins. Seventy percent chance. Seventy percent. I I think that uh you will see four of them in the top eight, and one of those four is very likely to win. All right, <laughs> I'm going with forty percent. Okay. I, I I think that this deck is a little overrated in paper. Um, or overestimated in paper, maybe I should say. It just—it's just so—it's just everywhere online. I think, yeah, more so than it's everywhere in paper. For sure. And I think that naturally keeps it down. There was only one in the top eight at the uh, Eternal Extravaganza. So, and you know, and refresh my memory. We'll how'd that do at Eternal Extravaganza? It was in fifth to eighth, I believe. Fifth I think it was, okay. I don't think he made it to the quarters. Okay. Well, uh, he might have made it to the quarters, though. I think I think it's a very good chance. Uh, I would favor this deck on the weekend. I think the I think Death Right Shaman is just too good of a card to to uh, not uh, try and play four of right now, and especially uh, after dodging the banning, I think the, all the more reason to make sure that you get your mileage out of that card. All right, well, that's a good transfer to number two here. 
Zach, percentage chance there are 16 death right shaman in the top eight. Well, is 16? Four. I already said that I think there's going to be four no, yeah, uh, Grixis yeah. decks. So I'm going to go, I'm actually going to go with 100% on this one. 100% chance that there Maybe are 16 death right shaman. 120% based on the, the number of death right shamans that make it, but I think at least 16. Okay. Um, 16 is half the top eight, right? So that's four, yep. four times four decks, right? Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go pretty close. I, I don't know, 95%. Okay. I think that's a pretty safe number to expect. I think that the decks are consistent enough and good. I don't, I do think they will be a little short. This is, I'm basing a lot of this on, um, the Eternal Extravaganza results mm -hmm. and the Grand Prix Las Vegas results. Those are sort of my two sources of, um, ideas when setting these odds, like or questions about the odds. Yeah. I think and that I the rug and that... uh, bug decks, sorry, the rug and bug, the bug and uh, Grixis decks are going to be very, very highly represented at this tournament. Well, let's see how highly you think. Zach, percent chance there are 32 brainstorms in the top eight. 32. So every you're saying deck, number of brainstorms deck. would be, uh, brainstorm decks would be eight. I don't think that there's going to be that many. Um, so I'll bring that percentage to, to 30%. That's probably a good, that's probably a good amount. And then we'll say 25%. The only time that's, I think that can say that that's happened was Grand Prix Kyoto. There was a big event with 32 brainstorms in the top eight, but you know, if, if we're all in on this fair blue, I mean, I don't know. Is it that good? Well, let's see. How good do you think it is? I don't think it's better yeah. than a turn one chalice. <laughs> I, I didn't put chalice on here. I did not, you know, I didn't put chalice on here, but I did put another card on here. Jeez, everything's blowing up here. Um, what's the oh, other card? Happened. No, you're good. Well, okay. Percentage chance there are eight blood moons in the top eight. Uh, eight blood moons in the top eight. Um, I I think that's a good that's a good chance. I think the percentage uh, for for that I would say eighty percent chance that there are eight blood moons. It, do, now are we talking about eight Blood Moon effects or eight Blood Moon cards? Eight copies of the card Blood Moon. Right on. So eight, I would say I would say ninety percent. Do you think there'll be two decks that are putting that are all in on Blood Moon? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. What did you say? Eighty. Eighty. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eighty-five percent. Okay. And I'm gonna say because I think I think there will be a couple decks that are that have two in the sideboard that make the top eight. Yeah. That will sneak in there. I think you might see a a, a a miracles deck that might play a couple. You know. Ooh, good good segue. Percentage chance there's a miracles deck in the top eight. <laughs> I will say ten percent chance. I think wow. that there's a, a, less less than a a full chance that there's a, any deck that makes it uh, to the top eight that is a. Uh, that is a uh, some version of that miracles deck. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't know the deck is great. I think it's good, but uh, I, I, it, it could happen. I just don't think that it will happen. I got fifty percent chance on this. I, I think this deck is ready to bro break out. People have had more practice with it. Okay. And uh, I think champs is a good place where people who want to play this deck are going to show up. There wasn't a ton of it at the Eternal Extravaganza, um, and there was you know practically none of it at Las Vegas. Famously interviewed Sam about his long run, but I think he only got in the top 16. But I think there's a 50-50 chance you could see a Miracles deck. The okay. question is what it looks like. Does it have two Blood Moons? Is it all blue-white with back-to-basics? Does it have Thoughtseize? 
none of those things can happen. Uh, percent chance that burn top eights. Burn. I'd say a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say zero percent. This is not gonna zero. happen. It's not gonna happen. Not gonna, Burn's not think? gonna make it to. I, I. I would say unless it's unless it's like we're we're just going mono red burn right like not, not oh, like yeah. blue not, red. No, this is no 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 level here. Just mono red burn. Mono red burn. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. I think 25% chance. I think if you, I think you're gonna find someone's gonna ride. You know, this was the finals of Eternal Extravaganza. Burn was in the finals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I think the number of big red decks out there just really messes with that deck. And yeah, I think that if you think there's gonna be eight blood moons and you think they're gonna be two big red decks, then I think that does push the opportunity for burn lower. Yeah, right? Chalice of the Void is just such a monster against that deck, like. Yeah, sure, they have twos and threes, but come on. Like, if you can just brick what they're doing for, like, f- four turns or, like, stop, you know, stop enough of their thing to, like, get them, um, especially after board, you're going to take out your Blood Moons, you know, and you're just going to and yeah. you're just gonna stomp. Yeah. You get your... Uh, well, that's a good question, though, because what do you do? I, mean, I don't know. Who's that favor? I guess it depends on how many Price of Progress the Burn player sees and how many Ancient Tombs the... Uh... The, the uh, red stompy player sees. True, true. I mean, Ancient Tomb is a bad card in that matchup uh, until you're using it to stop, like, 9 to 10 points of damage. Right, because, well, because of yeah, Chalice, 9 to 12, you know? right? Because Chalice, you, a Ancient Tomb and a Chalice, and they've got all one drops. I mean, they're just drawing off yeah. their deck, so. Yeah, if you can right. take four, 4 damage in the first two turns, but, like, play Chalice on 1 and Transfer, like, really, what, what can Burn do? Yeah. Uh, percent chance that rug top eights. Ooh, I'm gonna say twenty percent chance. There's, there's got to be someone out there, right? Like, it could happen. It should have, it should have qualified this and said percent chance that a stock rug uh, or Canadian threshold deck top yeah. eight, because I think that's what we mean. Someone's gonna top eight with some sort of weird, like, <laughs> you know, two mongoose, two true name, two punishing Minor. rug. <laughs> yeah, or punishing rug. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I got ten percent on this. I just I just that one at, at Vegas was really nice, and you've seen it creep up. But I just think that as it as the as the tournament goes longer, the rug hands get wonkier, and they just can't dig out from the advantage anymore that the like other decks have. I mean, I'm I'm big on miracles for this tournament. Like I think there will be a presence for miracles of some sort, and I just <laughs> don't think it's as easy for the, the rug player to beat this version of miracles. I agree. Um, it's a little bit, a little bit more difficult. So, um, okay, percent chance that in fact top eights. It's not here for you. I think that uh, that is closer to um, maybe a forty percent chance there. Um, I, I really like the deck, and I think that it, it has it has legs against the the current boogeyman. Uh, in the format, and I think that if people are smart and and they're playing in fact, they can play. Um, I, you know, I, I really have to learn the name of that card, uh, the, the new card from, uh, Ixalan. Uh, Shaper's Sanctuary? Is that Shaper's the one? Shaper's Sanctuary, yeah, the one where you draw a card if your, if your creature is targeted, uh, by an opponent's spell or ability. Um, I think that card is huge in the Grixis matchup, and, uh, and, and you know, anytime your opponent wants to get rid of your creature, I, th- I just think it's gigantic. Well, you know, we did not really discuss this until before we started what I was when we were going to do this game, but that's actually a really good segue. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna say, by the way, I think five percent chance. I just don't think yeah. you can do okay. it. I just think there's too many, there's too much removal. 
miracles think, again. Like, it's a, just so you think it's less of a chance that um, uh, Infect makes it than Rug. I do because I never underestimate Rug against like a total touchland field. Like you just draw your stifles, and yeah. sometimes that gets you there. And I, we're we're thinking fetch lands here, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's much of a chance that it does. But I put it on here for you, and I don't. Okay. Want, it's not even like I'm not even trying to be like a pain either. I'm just like I can't I can't bring myself there to just think like it's gonna beat all these decks with Fatal Push and Kalagon's Command, which kills Inkmoth Nexus. Yeah, and, <laughs> I think that that'll be the the, um, the real call is like uh, between for, for this segment is like. Do we see a rug deck or do we see an infect deck? Yeah. Uh, what's what's the you know who wins? <laughs> yeah, because right. they're very similar and the like, infect can win fast, but it is a little bit easier to disrupt. And if all these decks come in with him to Torok and Coligon's command and Baleful Strikes, that's just a lot to ask. Tough, I mean, it's a lot yeah. to ask either. It's a lot to ask either of those decks, though. To be fair, mm-hmm. right? You know. Um. And but anyway, you mentioned the reason I thought it was funny that we didn't talk about this, and you mentioned Shaper Sanctuary, is that. I had this on here. Percent chance an Ixalan card appears, a, a single card appears two or more times in a top eight deck. Oof. Oh, man. Two or more times. I'm going to say... Just one deck with a, two, with a 2x Ixalan card. Uh, or two decks with a one of? No, no. Um, no, no, no. I want it in the same deck. Not like okay. yeah, I threw this card I on think, my sideboard. I think 100%. I think that the Spyglass card is good enough to to make it into uh, the sideboard of plenty of decks, and there will be at least like one or two of those. 100%. You're right. I'm going to go with I mean, You know what? I'm going to go one. But you got to do it like uh, like Kornheiser. 100%. No. I, I, you're, you're right. I forgot about Sorcerer's Spyglass for this point. I was thinking of... Search for Azkanta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Search for Azkanta. Which I've, which I've now seen more times online than I ever thought I would. I like <laughs> I like any card that, that uh, you know, is any sort of new card that, like, produces uh, a threshold effect, I'm, I'm always happy about. <laughs> I just, I, I'm, people are saying it's good, and, and it appears in Miracles and some other decks. I, I don't see it, but... I've seen it in play. I, I can't say I've ever actually had a problem with it. Yeah. I think one did flip against me, and I, but I was super dead no matter what happened. Like, <laughs> it didn't matter. Um, Search for Azkanta, I don't think anyone's going to, I don't think anyone's behind me on the Charter Course trade right now, but Source for Spyglass is a really good bet for two of, at least, in yeah. something, you know? I mean, that might just be a four of in any of these Blood Moon Stompy sideboards. Right. right, or like if an Eldrazi deck makes it, like how good is an Eldrazi deck that gets to play that on turn one? And yeah, it right. just goes, oh, do you only have fetch lands in your hand? And they're all the same one? I guess you lose. Yeah, I guess you, you, guess you lose, yeah. Um, percent chance that Dark Depths appears in the top eight. Percent chance that what happens in top eight? The card Dark Depths appears in the top eight. <sighs> oh, man. I think there's going to be at least one lands deck, so I'm going to say 100%. Yeah, I got a hundred percent on this too. 100%. I'm pretty. Sh- I, I think they're like. First of all, this won the Eternal Travaganza, so mm-hmm. last big paper tournament in the area, right? Um, and lands and you know whatever, right? Um, percent chance there's a deck with four Deathrite Shaman, zero Brainstorm, zero Glimpse of Nature. Um. Ah, forty percent. Forty percent. What deck is going to make it? Is there some? Is someone going to bring John to the top of this tournament? I'm saying zero percent. I'm saying zero percent to make a point. 
Okay. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> there's no, there's no chance. Like you just can't do it. I mean, maybe you could. I hope someone. I, it's weird. I hope someone does, but I don't think anyone will. Maybe top sixteen. I could see a Maverick deck or yeah. something getting the top sixteen. Um, this was originally going to be percent chance. There's a non-blue fair deck in the top eight, but that, that was too hard to separate from Death and Taxes, which I think has a good shot. But I didn't put on here because is a Blood Moon deck considered fair? I don't think it is. I don't think it's considered fair. <laughs> I don't think that's um, fair at all. No, but Death and Taxes is like, and I guess Death and Taxes is really the only one right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, we consider like a fair non-blue deck that goes anywhere. So, um, but uh, yeah. But I was thinking, like, any any deck with this configuration. Um, Storm top eight. Uh, I would say 80%. 80% chance. 80%. Yeah. I like that number. I'll go 75%, three out of four chance. Yeah, I think, I think uh, you can definitely see a Storm player uh, make it uh, a little bit of luck and a lot of skill. Uh, and those guys know how to play their deck properly and generally tune it properly for uh, the, the tournaments that they uh, p- play in. So I don't think that uh, it would be insane to see that deck make top eight by any stretch of the imagination. Any 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 ones you want to do as to, to close off Legacy before we move on to Vintage? Anything anything you've got at the top of your head you want to ask me, percentage chance? Ooh. Um, yeah, percentage chance Nick Fit appears in the tournament at all. Oh, well, that's 100%. Someone's always playing Nick Fit. <laughs> someone is always playing Nick Fit. It's <laughs> always um, someone, right? So we'll probably get like a t- be able to see like a top 32, I would assume, or at least a top 16 from this tournament. Oh, I hope so. Um, I, would, I would hope so. Percentage chance that we see more than 10 archetypes in the top uh, 32. Percentage chance to see more than 10. But first, let's try and name 10 archetypes. <laughs> <laughs> is Delver... Okay, so let's say there's a... Bug Delver and a Grixis Delver is that sure. one or two? Yeah, yeah. So like, what we so we could say, uh, you know, Bug, Rug, and Grixis are all three different decks. They all just happen to have Grixis, uh, like a Delver in there, but they're they're now very much three different decks at this point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can go ninety percent chance. Ninety percent chance. All right. I, that one, I think... I, I'd be very interested to find out if, if we can if we can see ten different decks in the top eight. Or sorry, in the, in the, in the top 32. <laughs> It'd be very impossible to see them in the top eight. I think so because I think you, in the top 32, I mean, if you look at the top 32 of the Magic Online challenges, I think there's usually at least 10 yeah. different, 10 sort of distinct archetypes. And that's even with, you know, sometimes half the field being these check pile decks that people just love to play online. So um, I think that, you know, something weird will talk to me. Actually, I was wondering about how to categorize and the reason I went with top eight was because I also don't know if we'll see the top thirty-two, which you know we could do percent chance that we see more than top more than eight decks from this tournament. Yeah, well, um, there's also that. But uh, yeah. the other the other one I actually had is a percent chance that we see six different archetypes in the top eight. I'm gonna go fifty percent. Fifty percent. I think I think that's a good number. I, I I'd go to forty because I think there's there's gonna be a, a like a three of something in, in the top eight. There were three storm decks in the top eight of the Eternal Extravaganza. One of them was a test deck. Now the question: Do you consider Tess and Ant that different? I, I, I considered them both the same deck for the most part. Uh, I think they're both doing the same thing. They're attacking on sort of the same metric. Um, when you play against them, you generally try to play against them the same way. Um, whereas, like a rug Delver deck and a and a bug Delver deck and a Grixis Delver deck 
are definitely playing on different, completely different uh, ways. Excellent. Well, I think, yeah, and I think that's the, you know, against Bug, you can go down to three. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is which is important. Um, six different archetypes. So let's say we go, you know, check pile, check pile, Delver, Storm, that's four. And then we got four more to go. So we need to get two different archetypes in the next four. Miracles. Uh, big Red. Big Red. There's six. So. Yeah. And I think that sounds pretty good. I would be. I was very surprised to see three three storm decks in the top eight of external extra, extra, eh, eternal extravaganza. I thought that was pretty surprising, um, and I don't think that's something that I just don't think. I think there's too much variation in what people like to play for that to be the case. But good question. That is a good question. Six six archetypes in the top eight is. Uh, you know. That's that's tournament health as far as I'm concerned. Six six different archetypes in the top eight is is what I would consider format health. Well, you actually think that there you are betting against that, though, because you think there'll be four check pile decks, and they're impossible. Do. Yeah, impossible to have a sixth <laughs> archetype. I very much four, do five, believe six, that uh, there will be a, at least at least two, if not four, uh, check pile decks. Yes. All right. Same player, legacy vintage top eight. All right. <laughs> what do you think? Same player, chance? legacy, vintage, top eight. I like Roland Chang's chance on this, honestly. Um, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, go. Don't like it too much. He's not one, playing legacy. He's not playing legacy. <laughs> no, no. Well, I guess I'll take that 100% back. Um, uh, no, uh, you know, uh, let me think about that for a second. Um, oh man, uh, I, I'll go with 20% on this. I think it's very possible. Uh, but man, these are long tournaments. It's it's really hard to like do great back to back in in a tournament like this because there's no day two. You just like have to grind out the full like day you know like day one and then like make it to the top eight and then you got to go to sleep and you got to wake up. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. <laughs> there's no chance. I'm going zero percent. Zero percent. Put that in there. I put that in there as as our bridge to vintage as a, just a joke, yeah. but it's funny. No, there's no chance because I don't think enough people are playing both formats. Fair enough. Um. Like it's and like I, what me? I really because I've, I've been listening. To, <laughs> I listened to so many insane plays, and uh, you know they were talking about just playing vintage, right? <laughs> and they were talking about that if there's going to be that there when they do their metagame uh, prediction, which they do the whole metagame because I guess someone in the vintage community goes around and catalogs every deck. Excuse me. Um, I think it might be Jason Jaco or someone like that catalogs every deck, which is great. I think that's awesome. So they can actually get that data, the entire vintage metagame. Um, they were saying that they have to adjust their guesses based on like some people from Legacy, just like, well, I'll just play my Delver deck and see what happens. Yeah. So she said there's an unpowered prize. How did you do the year you did that? Uh, terribly. <laughs> I think <laughs> well, you I did went like than... <laughs> three and five. That's um, actually not that bad. Yeah, I stuck around for a while, and then I like pity. Do you remember I pity bought those like proxy? Uh, like moxes and stuff afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bought the proxies. Maybe they won't get them next year. Yeah, they were so. We were they were kidding people. They were so obviously proxies. Yeah, they were foil versions of like the new art cards. But uh, yeah, uh, I think in in that I played a guy who I played like two guys that were also empowered because once you start losing, you just start playing yeah. other people that you don't start have playing power. legacy. Yeah. Um. So I was I was like, on. Legacy. Uh, I think I played Blue Red Delver. I just said screw it. I wasn't gonna play my vintage deck at all, and I just played Blue Red Delver. And it like it was okay, but like I I think I beat 
like another Delver deck. Uh, a guy who was playing shops, but just like didn't didn't get me, I guess. And then um, I beat a guy on uh, the Helm Leyline deck, but that doesn't do anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because um, yes, I remember now because we were at your house and you were saying like. I'm just going to play this because I have a better chance of winning a prize by being the highest powered un, unpower, or highest fish unpowered player than playing my Mox Ruby, which was the only piece of power you had at the time. Correct, yeah. I had uh, a Ruby and I had a Time Twister, and that was it. Yeah, and I've been playing my Ruby and Time Twister and trying to like sneak in, yeah. yeah. Good point. Um, okay, Vintage Top 8. Percent chance there are 20 Mishra's workshops in the Top 8. This is 5 times 4. Five Mishra's workshops. Five right? times four. Ooh, ooh, that's... I'm going to say 50%. If you said 16, I would have said 100%. I think, yeah, well, I think 16 is 100%. That's why I made it 20. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's tough. How do you how do you, how do do you you say for sure? Four, four workshop decks is almost a given. Is that yeah. fair enough? Yeah, I, I 100%. Uh, I would, yeah, I would 100% say there would be 16. Uh, 20, I think you're going to see... Three at least other decks, and you know, I don't know. Well, the vintage cast, someone in San is really big on dredge for this tournament. They think dredge is oh. uh, the the deck to uh, watch out for, as it's won a lot recently. It won the the vintage eternal extravaganza and won a recent challenge. Right on. The it's the hollow one Gurmag angler plan that's doing very well. You know, apparently. Um, the other thing about about dredge right now is that so many people are focused on mentor and uh workshop that they might be eschewing cards from their uh sideboard and main deck for dredge for those decks yeah so well, i don't I think, think that's a terrible idea uh on on the uh somebody in same plays guys part to say that dredge can get, can take it well i think the question is how many dredge decks make top eight well if, if um with workshops I mean, workshops. Dredge is probably the best deck against workshops, right? Like, just because there's no real interaction that they have. Yeah, you're just doing your thing. They're doing their thing, and they're going to end up like if if you get a better draw, they're going to end up. You're going to end up beating them almost 100 percent of the time because you don't have to cast anything. Now, if you were going to play workshops at this vintage champs, and you listen to so many insane plays. Or watch the Vintage Super League when uh, both Steve Nanian and Kevin Crowe were talking about their their uh, their uh, attachment to Dredge, I guess, for lack of a better word, or their mm-hmm. bullishness on Dredge. What do you do? Is, do you consider the card Sorcerer's Spyglass? Because if you're on the play, you get to look at their hand, right? And you get to name Bizarre. Oof. Oh. So, so, but Sorcerer's Spyglass, I haven't seen a ton of it. Yeah, in in shops decks, Ooh, but that it is, is a good a card, right? Rude, rude well, thing to do to somebody who's playing dredge, especially you after you make... watch them just like, I I don't know, like so. Here's the thing: how good is Pithing Needle against that deck? Well, because you would name the same thing, right? Like you would just. <laughs> it's not like I you're gonna know, name how anything, much is but Pithing Needle. I don't think Pithing Needle is played in Vintage because I think Provoker is played sure. to shut off Moxes. Because you can't name... Oh, yeah. No, can't. I'm saying that that effect by itself, like, looking at your opponent's hand means nothing, right? Like, well, I there's think not it does that big on of a the, difference. I think it does on the play with a Mishra's Workshop. Like, mm-hmm. because 
having like sequencing is so important, right? And you're going to get to look at their hand and you know, you're probably, I guess you're not, I mean, you're not playing anything else that turn, but it does let you sort of inform your sequencing and you're going to shut something off, right? Like yeah. Jace Vrin's Prodigy or a Fetch Land or whatever they might have. Sensei's Dividing Top, these, you know, those that kind of cards. Mm-hmm. So I think it does matter a little bit for shops, which is so dependent on, on, on sequencing. So you don't play right into their only way to, to beat you. And with Dredge, I mean, Dredge is tough. It's going to be tough for them to beat, yeah. you know? You're gonna Graf Digger's Graf Digger's Cage does zero against uh, Hollow One or Gurmag Angler, but turning off Bizarre is still relevant against. Are they playing those Prize cards. Amalgam in that deck as well? Dredge plays Prize Amalgam. Yeah, so that I don't think that uh, Cage deals with Prize Amalgam either, right? Uh, no, because that does enter from the great oh, okay. uh, creature cards can't enter from. Yeah, yeah, just trying okay. to make sure I had to read about. But yeah, I mean. The dredge is still the post board plan for dredge is still dependent on bizarre in a big way. Yeah. Like even if you even if you like drop a cage on them, they go fine. Draw two, discard three, play hollow one for free, yeah. or delve it to uh, to a Gurmag angler. So I do think that shutting off bizarre is is that important, and you know we'll see if spyglass makes its way in because people are thinking about dredge after seeing it do well. Um, but I, I think that that is the, that is the big question about whether or not. This continues to be another shops dominant top eight with four to five shop stacks, or whether or not something there's a little bit more variance, but it could be four to five dredge decks. I gotta be honest, my hope is that there are eight uh, shop stacks in the top eight. Because then they'd have to do something. They'd have to do something then. Like, they'd have to be like, there's a giant problem in the format. There are way too many uh, decks that are using, that are basically playing five. Uh, five black, black lotus. Ones. Four of them are reusable. Um, we have to we have to restrict this card, um, and that's not going to happen until like everybody sees that. Oh yes, this is too good, and it's just like that's the only way it's going to happen is if there are more than six, uh, six or more in the top eight. I think we'll we'll put that uh, into the into the area of like this is an actual issue. Yeah. Well, I don't think uh, I don't I don't know if I think there'll be five shop decks in the top eight. I would. Four sounds right. Like, just seems like that always happens. Yeah. Seems like there's always four shop decks. Maybe, maybe it's, there's always three, and it seems like four. I don't know. Percent chance there is a colored shops deck in the top eight. That is the shops with some like with some, some sort blue. of spicy shops deck. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, I think it could happen. Um, but I'm I'm gonna put that at like sixteen percent. I I, yeah. I I don't think it's huge. Ten percent. Yeah, something like that. That'd be a cool a cool little thing to have. Percent chance that oath wins. That oath wins. Uh, I would say zero percent chance. Wow, I'm going to five percent. If oath seems to win champs, like <laughs> that's why I put it on there. I like that. Yeah, I know. I I uh, I just don't see it happening this time around. Like there's just there's so much uh, there's so much hate uh, for for you know between the cage deals with it right. Um, then uh, yes, cage, cage deals. Cage with stops it. it. And people are playing uh, just more like reactive cards right now, uh, and, and counter spells and stuff. So I, I think that uh, I, I just don't think that uh, it, it's in a good spot. Right. Well, I didn't have that many uh, vintage ideas, so that's where I sort of ran out of gas. I don't know if you have any vintage percentages you wanted to try. I think I mean it's kind of hard to say because vintage with the mentor restriction has sort of. 
I don't want to say it's not. I don't want to say unstable isn't really what I'm looking for here. But like, I don't really think there's a defining card in a lot of vintage decks. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Like mentor just kind of makes its way into some of these decks, and as a one of now, just like a rather restricted card. I guess percent chance that Yogmoth's Bargain as a four of in a top eight deck would be an interesting one. What cool. do you think about that? Um, yeah, I think I think that that's actually it could happen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that would be cool, but we'll see. I mean, I, show and tell it is. I would like to see like one just straight up rogue deck make it into the top eight. I you know I think that's more likely in Vintage than Legacy. Yeah, I mean, there's you have a broad pool of cards. Um, I mean, I would love to see like a, 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 a you know, a, uh, th- that is Steel City, isn't it? Uh, Pittsburgh Steel City Vault deck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> make it into the, make it into the top eight. That'd be really cool. Um, you know, I'd like to see something that's like, you know, hell man, play stasis, you know, like play something weird. I want to see something strange make it into the top eight. Well, that's good. It's like where I wanted to go when we were done with these, just talk about what would you like to see? And that's a good, that's a good place to start. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see someone crush crush it with like stasis. That would be hilarious to me. That would be um, hilarious. Unfortunately, uh, unless you're like turn oneing like a frozen aether or a kismet, <laughs> I don't think I don't you think gotta, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, right. That that would be a pretty that would be a pretty sick turn one. Whether or not you mean vintage or legacy, I would I would like to see a breakout deck in legacy. I think see something. It's almost too bad that the Popeye Stompy was just a joke. It would have been nice if it was actually real. Number of pirates in top eight? Zero. (laughs) Zero I mean, not that, I think that, you know, the idea of this, like, an off-the-wall deck doing well in Legacy would be nice, but I think that Legacy's too consistent, like, the the fact that you could have four of all the best cards just makes it so hard now. Yeah. Um, And that's why I think in Vintage, it's almost easier. The question is, like, what do you consider a rogue deck in Vintage? Like, because the restricted list... You know, every, for example, like everyone could have like Tinker, Blightsteel, right? For sure. Or mm-hmm. like even like Key Vault is like just two cards, right? You could you could find a way to get a key in a vault in your deck, right? Yep. So you could have that, and then also have like your weird deck around it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you can play, um, like Goblin Welder and Tinker in your deck, Key and Vault should just be in your deck. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Good. Good. Good way to put it. Right. Um, but, uh, in legacy, I mean, it's so hard to find slots where everything is, everything's a four of, and yeah. like, there's no really swingy, I mean, there's a couple swingy two card combos, like, for example, like depths and stage, like people just cram depths and stage into their deck playing yeah. night or crop rotation, right? I'd really like That'd to see a- uh, splinter twin make it, make it into the legacy pile, but that's just doesn't seem to be in the cards. Well, it's, it's top eight of legacy chance before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Was that that was Dig Through Time era, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. It was. It, well, the thing was is that I mean that was basically just a a, a big red deck that played Volcanic just, Islands to play the blue cards. Yeah, they they must have had. I think mean, they had, they had they, have, they have Blood Moon. They yeah, they played Blood Moon and they played Chalice and they played uh uh like a one of Kiki Jiki and and then they played like uh you know, I think like six uh, targets for their uh, Splinter Twin. And, uh, you know, people can't deal with a card that comes into play and costs, like, that costs, like, four mana most of the time that, like, they just cast into, into like, a chalice, you know, like, oh, I'll just cast this into your into my chalice. Do you have a, 
oh, you don't have a spell pierce that can deal with that because my chalice is going to stop it, you know, like, oh, I have the force of will back up for my spell, so sorry, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I just, um, I don't know what exactly to be looking for this weekend. I don't know what would be the best, you know, the coolest deck to see. It would be not, I, like the two plus Exelon card. I really love to see Chart, of course. I'd like to. Oh, yeah. I really like playing that card. I'm working on some more decks with it, though. Um, you know, I, I nothing I'm really ready to talk about yet. You know, um, Chart, of course, of, doesn't seem terrible in Vintage either, honestly. Like, um, people are playing Knight's Whisper. Yeah, and, you know, Knight's Whisper is a card that can be played in both formats. And I mean, the check pile that could play it. I've been, I've seen a Knight's Whisper played. Did I tell you, and I've mentioned on this podcast that I played what's up against Pyromancer Ascension Grixis online. Whoa. No, and, uh, no, what? he conceded with nine cards in hand because <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't like win. Uh, yeah. He had like double active Pyromancer Ascension and then kept thought scouring and brainstorming and just, like, could not find a way to get rid of my, like, mentor tokens. <laughs> and had to concede. He had, like, nine cards in hand and was tapped out. Um, there's some weird cards that you could just fit into this shell, but I think that people, for champs, will just tre- tend to, uh, trend towards back the powerful versions of it. And, uh, but, like, okay, so go to one Vintage a second for, like, a rogue deck, right? Like, an Oath deck can be can look like a rogue deck, rogue deck because... There's so many weird oath creatures that you can oh, yeah. get, and then do they do something totally off the wall that you know is it better than Grizzlebrand? Who cares? You know, is it better than Emrakul? Who the, cares? The best target like, for any of these things is always, always, always Inkwell Leader, Inkwell Leviathan, Inkwell Leviathan. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, like an oath deck can have like weird cards in it, like or weird oath targets, and you're like. Because my other, I'm going to do this other thing with with this card, you know, like Oriok Salvagers was like that the year that uh, that one or was in the top eight. Or I think I would have won. Um, no, that's uh, Bomberman, but, right? Yeah, it was the Bomberman combo. But no, which you know, if you think about it, it, makes a lot of sense. And I think that's probably even been uh, attempted in other, at other times. But um, Dragon Lord Jamoka, like yep. situationally, this card is great. Like, yeah, good point. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Decks can look more like road decks in Vintage than in Legacy, but I don't think, like, you know, in, I feel like in Legacy it's, it's going to be that much harder. Um, it would be, I would love to see, like, a single non-blue sort of fair deck break out, but, you know, I just don't I just don't see it right now. I, the only reason that I would say, like, John would have a chance is because Punishing Fire is so good against Checkpile. Yeah. Like, it's not good against the card Leovold, um, but... You know, it's good against everything else they're doing. <laughs> Death Rite, Belfast Strix, Snapcaster Mage. You're going to just keep all their threats off the table. can kill their Planeswalkers. So. But I just don't think the consistency is there. Um, but I don't know. Well, anything else we want to talk about related to the, uh, to the championships this weekend? No, man, I think we've covered it. You know, we, uh, we, we have our predictions set up. Uh, <laughs> we've got, uh, you know, we've got some friends, friends in the tournament. I think, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the weekend. Uh, do you have any plans for the weekend, man? Well, my aunt is in town. We're gonna do some fall stuff with the kids. So. Sounds, sounds like a blast. I tried to do some fall stuff, uh, last weekend and we ended up at like some sort of, uh, Ponzi scheme thing that, uh, was, was definitely not a fall thing. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think this this uh, Sunday I'm going to try and play in a sealed deck PPTQ. Oh, that sounds you know, interesting. Try and, try and uh, qualify for the Pro Tour. 
maybe maybe play some Legacy on the Pro Tour, right? Yeah. <laughs> or is that like well, that's my... the next one, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think you can qualify for it yet, maybe. Well, well I can get on the was... gravy train, that's for sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, the uh, My son was off of school, and it has been, which is why my aunt's in town. They've got a fall break here in Utah. What? And um, I was thinking, like, I should take him to uh, to the store last night. I was going to take him to the store last night just so he could see, because he's always asking to go with me, but I usually can't take him. Yeah. Um, because it's late. The only thing going on was sealed, and I was like, "Well, I don't really know how to do, how to do sealed." So uh, yeah, just didn't even mention it. But yeah, well, have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy the tournaments. Yeah, later on, later on, Nate. Yeah. Where does he get those wonderful toys?